Hello, are you a scumbag junkie or some worthless cokehead, booze bag loser with little to no hope left? Or maybe you're a stoner, scrambling around all day hopelessly from one hit to the next, hoping your buddy still has their sweet connect to that fire shit. Is your life in the toilet? Well, don't fret. We have good news. We have a ticket out of this life of restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. Now, I know what you're thinking. Another detox? Another rehab? Fucking AA meetings? Nope, it's something new. And now, I know, you dumb new school kids in the back are like, it's Kratom or Kava or Melatonin or some shit. No, no, no. And before you ask, no, it is not some outpatient program where you sit around with other losers and lament all the dumb shit you've done. No, our solution is finally easy. Really easy. Just plant your dumbass in front of the computer and listen to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. That's right. Listen to 24 to 36 hours straight and watch your cravings just melt away. That's right. Dopey on the dark comedy of drug addiction. It's free and it works. Next time you have a craving, don't call the man. Tune in to Dopey. Note, side effects of Dopey may include stupidity, restless leg syndrome, compulsivity to eat chocolate, and the need to say toodles. Also, Dopey will not cure any sort of actual withdrawal or any symptom of drug addiction, alcoholism, or craving. If you feel any actual symptoms or hopelessness, you should probably check into detox or find the nearest meeting. Thank you. And here's Dave and Chris. I like it. Thanks, Ben. I like it. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. You like it. You came up with that on the train? Yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. We're going to start adding... I don't know why. My favorite line is the stoner scrambling around. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I just like the word scrambling. I I wanted... The only... If I was to critique myself, I would say I wanted to say dopey at least four more times. Yeah, well, you could have cut off the last, I think, 20 seconds or so. You don't like the little warning thing? I like the warning. The warning was originally my idea. Remember, I was like, we should get a voiceover guy to do all of, to talk for reviews and make it like a, you know, like an ad for psychotropic. Explain. When they say what they said on this, you know, like so this was your like, idea, is what you're saying? No, and I was saying we we should get a. Remember, I originally was like we should get a voiceover guy to ask for reviews and all that shit that we normally say at the end and just say it real quick. Oh yeah. Yeah, you do remember that, huh? I do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, did you have warning about it, how Dopey doesn't work? No, I just thought a voiceover guy to say it real quick. So we don't so have to beg. So we don't have to beg. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get Ben to start begging for us, too. Yeah. And um, there's lots to talk about, though. How's it going? Things are good, man. What's so good? Uh, I have a... This isn't necessarily good, but it's uh, an interesting event in sobriety that happened recently. Okay. Well, you know that I've been cohabitating with a dog... I do, Sammy. Yes, Sammy. He's a big fluffball dopey nation, a Samoyed. He looks like he's 80 pounds. He's 50 pounds, 55. He's all fluff. You always say this Google, like it's new information. Google Samoyed. Well, people might be tuning in for the first time, so I'm going to let him know. And I'm, I'm Dave, and I mean, I'm Chris, and this is Dave. Uh, Isn't it awesome to have the pre-recording so we don't have to do that stuff? It is. It's nice. So frank. But we still we have go, to clarify hey now. who is who. Welcome to Dopey, podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. You still want to do it, though. Yeah, you know. Um, There's so, a couple weird things about Ben's thing. So, you want to hear this or not? About Sammy? Yes. Okay. We expressed his anal glands the other night. You expressed his anal glands? You expressed glands? Sammy's anal glands. What does that mean? <laughs> so, he was like licking his butthole uh-huh. constantly, right? Uh-huh. And he, like, by the standard of all dogs, he is actually a pure heart. And it sounds really stupid, 
because all dogs are kind of pure-hearted, but he is just... There's not a mean bone in his body. He's so fucking nice to other dogs and stuff, you know? He's not... You know when dogs try to attack him, he doesn't reciprocate. He's just a very gentle dog, right? Um, you love this dog. I like him a lot. And it's like... So I've actually, like you I've love actually made him start to get... He goes under the bed and gets vicious now, because the only time he'll get kind of snappy before the anal gland thing, which I'll get to, is he resource guards if you give him, like, a butcher's bone. If you give him, like, a really nice bone with some meat on it, he'll take it and, like, kind of get snappy with you, you know what I mean? If you go near him, like, growl and stuff. So I thought it was funny where I would take the take the bone from him and, like, pull it away from him and go in the corner of the room and, like, pretend I was eating it. And now whenever he gets a bone, he goes right under the bed and then starts growling and stuff. But he started doing it without even going, like, without even getting a bone. So now he just goes under the bed and growls. So you've created this new thing. Yeah, and he's kind of pissed about it. But if you just run, if you just go in the bedroom and then run out of the bedroom, he thinks he's missing something out. He he has, like, FOMO and he runs out from under the bed and then he's fine. You know, so it's only the growling and viciousness is only under the bed, right? Did you say he thinks he has FOMO? Yes. That's how you talk? Yeah. Do you talk to everybody like that? Yeah, you know that. You talk to your mother like that? No. Do you think I know what FOMO is? You know what it is. I know, but I'd rather not know what it is. <laughs> Can't you just pretend I don't know what it is? I'm like up to date on like the newest lingo. But I don't like it. FOMO, YOLO. Oh. What else is that? Do you say that? <laughs> Are you like, you're like, you're running, you have the bone, you run to the corner of the room and you're pretending to eat the bone and Annie goes, Chris, you're so annoying. And you say, YOLO. (laughs) No, I mostly say it to like sponsees or people I'm working with. Give me a scenario (laughs) where where you would say YOLO. Well, someone's like debating what they're going to do and I'll just be like, YOLO. Really? (laughs) Is this true? (laughs) It's not true. When do you say it? No, it's not true. When do you say it? I don't say it. So what, what, what do you say? You just said FOMO. What else like that do you say? I say FOMO because that's really what it is, is. He's afraid of missing out. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. Okay. What, what other it's acronyms? Just, you want to hear about the anal glands no, or not? We'll get to the anal glands. You said FOMO. <laughs> what other acronym? Is it an acronym? Yes. Fear of missing out. What other acronyms do you use? Are you like... All right, Annie. TTYL. Okay. Do you okay. do anything like that? I don't even. I, I JK. I don't even use FOMO. I just, SMH. I said it. Because You're really annoying. <laughs> SMH. SMH. I said it because Annie used it in reference to Sammy. She said he had bad FOMO, so it was stuck in my head. Rattling. When you say he has bad FOMO, if you said that to my sweet father, I bet he would think that the dog had bad breath. Like why? Because it sounds like he's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like rabies. When I like, if you're just guessing what it is, I feel like it'd be a condition. He's got FOMO. Dad, dad. He, would, I can't believe he's not here. But this is a great, great experiment. Well, we'll ask him next time he comes around. Here, oh, come here, really quick. He's coming. Yes. Come here. Here, say hello to the to people. Oh, hi everybody. Hello. Now, Dad, if I was to say I was suffering from if the dog had really bad FOMO, what would this be in your mind? What would you th- think of this? The dog had really bad FOMO. Something was coming out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, there you go. It stands right. for the dog. It stands for fear of missing out. Do you know what YOLO means? YOLO. 
Is some she some kind of actress or something? <laughs> no, that's J Lo. Oh. <laughs> Yolo is uh, you only live once. You only live once. This is how Chris talks. He doesn't have time to say things, so he says FOMO. <laughs> so in school a couple of years ago, I, you know, I asked the kid where they lived, and she said Twenty Seven Ave. And I said Ave. They can't even say Avenue anymore. They just have to say Ave. Yeah, I don't think I say Ave. Nobody. So what so I said, there's 27 Avenue. Yeah, there's Queens, Jersey City or something. Uh, anyway, so and then I said, well, if you live on 27, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Hey, you want to you want to do a quick hello and report to the world? Well, I hope they tell you that you get rid of that introduction, right? Is that going to be no? We got the new introduction for this. Oh, one. I thought just that was it. good. Yeah, but you shouldn't overdo it though. What are, here, quick, Dad. We're gonna we're gonna have you in and out for the next few episodes. So I'm sorry, I may be going to sleep. You know. Okay. So what? You have three. He's not going to sleep. He's got FOMO. He's in the other room. You have FOMO. Fear of missing out. No, no. Believe me, some of this dopey stuff I really should be missing out. Yeah. That's what he says to people. He, okay, my dad is on the edge of his seat, fucking listening to every episode, watching the reviews. A review comes. He goes. David, you got another nice review. He goes, I think it's going pretty well. And then I hear him on the phone. He goes, yeah, David's podcast is good. I really shouldn't be listening to it, though. It really makes me unhappy to listen to it. That's what you tell people. Meanwhile, you're a star on Dopey. You have fear of missing out in the other room. You only live once. So what is it? Is it, is it hard to hear or do you love to hear it? Or is it, what is that love to hate thing? LTH? Yeah, that was the LTH. <laughs> it's not true. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I just, I'm really upset with some of these stories. I'm just Which ones? The Topi. Sto- the Topi. You, you, you two characters and, 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 and the stories that some of these people tell, how people go through such anguish. And what's the recovery piece? You like the recovery stuff? Uh, that's great. That's that's why I keep Dad. reinforcing See, this. the thing is, if it was all just the recovery stuff... You wouldn't like the show. Would you, you wouldn't even like... You think like the show sucks. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's the fact that the people who need recovery are listening. That's the good part of the show. What do they say? Isn't there something they say where nobody what needs recovery... Or nobody wants recovery, but the only people who get recovery just get recovery. No, uh, I have something else. I, I, we'll get back to I it. found two letters yeah. that I wrote to Ugh. David when he was rehab, and that's what he says. He said, oh, he, 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 did he, you he, read them? Yes. Were they touching? No. Yes, they were very, very touching, and I pretty much told him that the only way anything could get better is if he did it on his own. If we do a really serious episode at some point, I think we should read those. If, if, we, want, if we want to do the With worst. Do you want to turn off the nation? Is that what you're saying? No, Dad, you were saying how some Don't of this... Nation, send us an email if you want to hear those letters. The letters are not entertaining. Yeah. It's just depressing. <laughs> no, I think that's good for people to hear. Probably. You think so? Yeah, but I mean, it's probably very personal for you. It's not. It's, it's just like, it's David, it, you make me very sad that you're <laughs> suffering. Your suffering makes me and your mother very unhappy. I wish you could get your life together. Absolutely. Love, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I want to get back to something else. You say how horrible it is to listen to these stories. Now, you've listened to probably 60 episodes by now. The question is, what is the worst story you've heard on Dopey? Uh, it's too many. The worst. <laughs> What's the worst one that pops into your head? Uh, Chris 
robbing a vet. Horrible. The first one. <laughs> the first one. What's the next worst one? What else bad stuff did Chris do that bothers you so much? No, How about the time that Chris broke his head and he is masturbating with the skinhead on campus? How about that was pretty un- that was pretty unfortunate, wasn't it, Dad? Dad, wasn't that a really bad one? Uh, maybe I missed that one. What about him throwing the flaming cushions out the window? And, and the neighborhood police officer, Mark. You know Mark. He was in that story. I had to pay Mark back all the money. He took Mark me. never gave me a penny. Mark robbed you. Mark robbed you. Oh, maybe maybe all the money was $20? Yeah. Every dollar. You gave, you gave him every... Did you give it in, in singles? No. 20 bucks for what? For the cushion? No, because I took money from him to buy... Drugs from Mark. Mark you stole money. No, I asked oh, him for twenty uh, bucks. Oh, he borrowed twenty. He said he could help me out. And then years later, he came. To this me. is back in the late nineties. This is back in the late nineties. Twenty bucks still. It meant something. something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Mark comes so to the, the Mark <laughs> comes to my restaurant from time and time again, and you know what he always does before he leaves? He gives me a twenty. No, he doesn't. He does as a tip. Oh, wow, really? That's funny. And I forgot it about goes that. Around, it, comes it goes around, comes around, comes around. Kind of. <laughs> now, what's another horrible story you remember well, hearing? Jimmy's story was pretty awful. What what aspect of it? The, the fact that he pooped in his pants in the car? Yeah. That he didn't like that. But Jimmy was fine, though. He's fine. No, that was, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, again, how some of these guys that they've been hung, hung around with did some of the same things, and they never got hooked. They came out unscathed. Un, unscathed. Yeah. yeah. What else? That's enough. How many yeah. dumb stories can I can uh, I remember? And what's the worst thing, uh, just critically? For you? No, the worst thing you ever did? I'd rather... Yeah, well, so you'd rather quit. <laughs> I, can pred- I know what you're going to say the worst thing that I ever did was. Okay? Really? No, but... I, I don't even have it in my head. What, what it always is, <laughs> the worst story is the story... And I don't mean... Listen, I, I'm acting very tongue-in-cheek and stuff. Because we're we're now in such a comfortable position. We're on the twenty first floor. We, we have four over four hundred thousand downloads. Over Chris is about to have four years clean. Yeah. I'm about to have uh, two and a half. Yeah. Uh, times are good. You know, we're but in the process of buying more, a house. It's more without heroin. Yeah, it's like six years without heroin. Yeah. Um, Longer. No, I did heroin I six did years once. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One time. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not making light of stuff, even though it sounds like I am. Maybe I am making light of stuff. Maybe that's dopey. We always make light Where of stuff. Where are you going? The story that my dad hates the most is when I went to Florida and my dad was summoned to my apartment to clean up, pick up the pieces. And that's literally, and the floor is covered with needles. And he my dad, like my this. dad him picks right up now. the needle and he pricks his finger. Oh, my God. And he thinks, God forbid, what if my son had AIDS? Yeah. yeah well, that, was, that was the worst story for me, cleaning up your apartment. But that wasn't the worst story bad. that you went through. Uh, and the fish no, the tank, how, how many gallon fish tank did it? Was? It was a 55-gallon fish tank with only, like, five gallons left and a fish that was, like, a and foot long because he had eaten all the other fish. And, and he I, was alive still? Yeah, and I took it to the, the pet store. They took and it. they gave you $20 for <laughs> it. It was a donation. It was, <laughs> this is the healthiest fish we've ever seen. You must yeah, have been a real healthy. unhealthiest apartment. Yeah. Now, when you get all teary-eyed and stuff yeah. and you get this whole thing well, you know 
Why are you looking at me with that look? Because you're just you're hurting your dad. He's oh. upset. Why should? You, that's my point. Why should you be feeling hurt right now? Because he loves his son. You're bringing back all this garbage from the past, and I don't want it to ever happen again. And it's not so easy to listen to this crap. So why do you listen every day? (laughs) Because you're doing a good job. Because lots of people are getting help. That's not the answer. Yes, the is. Yeah, I'll tell you the answer. Because the show is funny and entertaining. And it entertains you, and you get a kick out of it. Sometimes. <laughs> how how often? Yes or no? Yeah. I listen to every episode. And? And sometimes I turn it off in the middle and try to get a break. So let's get back to the original question. The most uncomfortable making story that made you say, I can't, was it the time that Chris masturbated with the skinhead? <laughs> I told you I missed that. <laughs> no. Uh, there was a couple that was boring. There was a few, a few Which one was more boring? more than a couple. There was I don't a lot want to mention ones. names. Who was boring? Uh, the one that you got in trouble this week with. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, you're gonna, you're, and, and the one from Australia, that guy, he was just, he just talked to me. His much. own music. No. Sam Cutler. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, he, I think he's a sweet guy. I just thought it was, it was maybe he wasn't, he, he wasn't interrupted enough by somebody like you who should have told him, you know. Oh, they don't like it when I interrupt. Well, <laughs> true, but not, you, sometimes you shouldn't interrupt. Now, did you know that at least 15 members of the Dopey Nation wished you a happy belated birthday on Twitter? Yeah, and I was wondering how they knew that, and you said you, you mentioned it. Is that right? So what do you have to say to all thank, these people? Thank you very, very much. Right. Uh, I'm getting very, very old, but I'm, I'm pretty happy right now. You look good, though. Yeah, yeah, great. I feel all right. Spry. Uh, so is that enough? Can I go? Uh, That's good. We'll have you more? back maybe in next one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All righty. There you go. Now, back to the anal express. Okay, we're going to that. Yes. All right. Um, so, Sammy's he's licking his butthole all the time, and he's getting a little snappy when you go near him, you know? And we schedule the appointment with the vet, but we look it up, and what happens is dogs have these two sacks next to the rectum. Uh, before we get to it, you're, so... From where we were before, the dog was growling under the bed. Yeah, that's because of me taunting him with the bone and taking right. his bone. So then he pulled under the bed. Now so it's called resource guarding. It's like a thing. Okay, and where did you learn that term? On the internet. They don't say RG or anything. No. Um, now, with uh, the dog, he's resource guarding, he's growling. So when do you notice the uh, intense anal licking? He is all, And he knows it. He's just licking his butt constantly. Right. And he started to do it where he'd be on the bed. and like He never really growled at us outside of either having something and that he was hoarding or being under the bed. And it started to be, he'd just lick his butt, and if he went near him, he would, like, like bark and, like... Because he, gra- he was guarding his resources, anal <laughs> yes, resources. he was guarding his anal resources. So what happens is there's two anal glands at about 5 and 7 o'clock, if you're looking at the rectum, and they fill up with this kind of, like, fluid. It's like this oily fluid. And sometimes the duct, every time they poop a little bit of fluid, a little bit of that oil gets put on their poop, and I don't know what the biological reason for it. Do you think it's to come out of the anus more easily? Like it lubricates the anus? I felt like it was more something to do with scent marking or something like that, but maybe it is lubricating the, the butthole, I don't know. Anal lubrication. Yeah, so anyway, sometimes the ducts that release it 
uh, get clogged. So his ducts were clogged. And so we were going to take him to the vet in like two days. And it's like 150 bucks to see the vet. And we looked and people just do it at home. You can do it yourself, you know? And like, I remember hearing my, my sister's dog groomer always express their anal glands. And I thought it was funny. Express. Where is this expression? Because what you do to express it is you massage them with your finger. So you're not expressing it like expressed, like I expressed joy, but you're expressing it like massaging it with your finger to release the fluid. It's like expressing an emotion, yeah. and the emotion it's expressing is lubrication. Yes. So there's two ways to express a dog's animals. And mind you, if you get even near his butt, he's flipping out. So they're like, this is going to be intense. So we, we take him. I strip down to my boxers. Annie puts on a bathing suit. We put him in the... <laughs> Why? Because we put him in the tub, and okay. we turn the shower on. Uh-huh. All right? And then there's the outside expression where you take, like... A, this is kind of like a paper towel. Strangely, like erotic. <laughs> you're, you're, you're wearing no clothes. Well, we you go, turn on the water. Well, I mean, you have the dog's we, asshole. We shower. I've, I've watched him in the shower. We shower together. We'll, we'll shower naked and stuff. Or even washing him. So, but like for some reason, this felt like needed to be clothed because it just was really weird. All right. Because you're getting into his butt. Yeah. So anyways, he. So we take him in the shower, and he's gotten better. He used to flip out in the shower, but I'll just like kind of manhandle him and hold him really hard. And oh so yeah. Once he's in the shower, he knows. Like he, he You're holding make, him from the front or he, from the back? Uh, I'll, some, we flip him around when we shower. You know, we go one way and then the other way. But this time I held him in the front. I put him in like a headlock and grabbed his body and held it really close, right? And so there's two ways to express the animal glands. One is, you know, you take a bunch of paper towels and you just kind of put it on the outside of the rectum and squeeze the outsides of it. But that wasn't working. So the real way to do it is you lube up the finger, you stick it in the butthole, and you, you massage it, right? Yeah. So Annie did that. We ended up having to do it twice because we only got one of the glands the first night, and he was still licking when he get the other gland the next night. And when you massage it... How do you know the difference between the two glands? Because one's on one side and one's on the other one. So she did the one last night. And like, so like 5 o'clock, mission accomplished. Tomorrow night we're going for 7. Well, we thought maybe she got both of them, but like she didn't, right? And so, But when you get it... How do you know? It squirts out like a pimple the first time. You know, it's like a bunch comes out. And it's like this thick, oily stuff, like fish oil or something like that. And then there's like these little like kind of white chunks in it, you know? And it is the most rancid, disgusting smelling thing. And That's why you so, think it's more. It's not even like poopy smell. It's just so bad. Like to the point where it was like, it felt like hot in my throat. It was just like humid. It was just the most. Are you into this thing. kind of stuff? Because this is what doctors love. And there's well, certain he's a two B doctor. That's, that's what, he, what I'm saying. There's and it was like what, we would pay 150 bucks, take him to the vet, take all this time, and it's like we could just throw him in the shower. But there are later. people who really get off. Like I have this buddy that the, I don't get off. The way he was, he didn't get vicious. The way he was howling, I've never heard of it. It was, it was bad. It was, he didn't like the he, finger in the butt. But as soon as he got out, he was super happy. So he did like the was finger. Over. He was just happy. It was I think over. he was happy. He was released. He was so grateful to, to stop getting anally raped by you and Annie. <laughs> Annie raped him until he came, the, the rancid fluid. And, and I'm telling you that there are people who, like, really get off on, like, I mean, raping animals. There's those people who really get off on raping animals. But then there's also people who get off on, like, 
Like, you know, like the kids in high school who are like, oh, you have a white head. Can I pop it for oh, you? Oh, yeah. Annie's like, that's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. That's it's yeah. a type she of person. Is, I get, um, I don't even notice it. Like, every once in a while, I get a, I get ingrown hair on my face. You know, and if you, and the ones that have been bad, I guess she said they're infected. If I squeeze it really hard, it'll come out. She likes to go through and, like, has fun finding it. It's disgusting. It's it really, the same it thing. Me off. We actually, I'm like, if she does. Like, she wants to get it, and we make deals. Like, I'm like, oh, you can pick out an ingrown hair if X, Y, If I can probe your dog's asshole. Or something like that. Well, what do you get? <laughs> it's usually some sort of favor. Like what? Something. Like, like what? It's your imagination. It's sexual? Sometimes. She can pull, <laughs> she can well, pull out an ingrown hair, really, and you say... If she really wants something, then I'll throw that out there. Well, like what? Just something. Use your brain. Some things are private, David. You just told me a story about <laughs> raping your dog and and pulling you've told me you've told me ridiculous you're not going to say the favors you asked for? I'm going to leave it to your imagination. I mean, you're a soon-to-be-married man. I'm sure <laughs> you're like, if you if you make me chorizo and cauliflower, I'll let you pull the hair out of my chorizo neck. Chorizo and cauliflower is great. Did you know, you know she makes that? No, I just guessed. Oh. I so just guessed. Good guess. Thank you. Yeah. So um, that's the anal gland start that I was good. We have to call this woman. Can we play the should we play the voice memo real quick? What do we have to call her at nine thirty? No, nine fifteen. It's three minutes. Should we do it? Yeah, this is uh, Jay Crook. Did you get enough ex- uh, out of that anal expression? We yeah, that's that? it's great. All right, it's funny. Okay, uh, Dopey Nation. This is a very lighthearted email, a voice memo we got. And before you play it, though, this is Jeremy Crook, one of the great Are we members. To say his full name. That's his Twitter handle. Okay. One of our great uh, Twitter people, the dopey Twitter nation, are really... Yeah. You guys save my uh, my self-esteem on a daily basis, the seven of you guys. Yeah. And uh, this voice memo is really short. It's very lighthearted and sweet, uh, but I liked it. I really like this voice memo. I know. Hello, dopey nation. Dave and Chris, what's up, guys? And gals, this is Jeremy from uh, down here in Austin, Texas. Long-time Dopey listener since the very first episode. Uh, I was just happening to be getting out of rehab when y'all first started. and Man, I just caught on. Uh, the war stories at the beginning were awesome, and now I listen mostly for the laughs and just to uh, keep up with what's going on. Anyways, I wanted to call in and share a story um, from a long time ago, actually. Uh, just about weed, but it's pretty funny anyways. Um me and uh, this guy were in a band together. I was around 20 or 21 years old, and uh, he was a big guy. We called him Battleship, and uh, me and Battles made a habit of smoking weed a lot and working a little and uh, lived in you know these low-rent apartments and pretty much just being young dudes, uh, irresponsible, all that good stuff. And one evening... We were sitting around and Battles was like, man, we ain't got no food and I'm hungry. You want to go to the grocery store? I'm like, all right. So we get on the way over there and he's like, man, I've only got $3 to last me a week. So I gave him like a couple bucks. I don't remember. I think he had like four or five dollars total. And I was just like, man, buy some ramen or some sandwich meat, some bread, frozen pizzas, whatever, just to get through and we'll be good. So we go our separate ways when we go in the store. We check out around the same time. We're walking out and we're both extremely high 
at this moment. I mean, we've been smoking weed uh, pretty much most of the afternoon, and we're kind of lightweights, too, so we were really uh, under the effects, you could say. Anyways, we get in the car or the little truck, and I look over, and I see a little paper bag, and uh, I said, what is that? He says, it's donuts from the deli. And uh turns out he had used his $3 to buy three donuts from the deli, all of which he ate during the five-minute ride home. So the $3 he had to last him a week didn't even last him the ride home. So I began to point this out to him, and we're, you know, laughing hysterically at how stupid he is. Um, at that moment and, uh, he gets in these, uh, crazy laughs. He just couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing. I'm trying to drive and all of a sudden he's laughing so hard. He throws up all the donuts into my truck and, uh, kept laughing and we pulled in. And, uh, so he managed to spend his entire weekly grocery budget on three donuts that he ate on the way home. But then was laughing so hard at what he did, he threw them up, so got no nutritional value from that uh, money whatsoever. And uh, we still laugh about that today. Anyways, I'll keep it short. Love you guys. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon. I don't know why. I just love that voice. It's great. It's so pure and innocent, but it's hilarious. I, I have questions, though. What? Like, what do you think he got out of rehab for? What do you mean? <laughs> he said he started listening to Dopey when he got out of rehab. He's emailed us before. I wonder what this... I mean, it's probably I, his old email. But it's just amazing, like, that his story is a getting stoned and eating donuts Because that's so funny, dude. It's just pure and innocent and funny. Uh, you know, I, I have smoked pot and ate food until I've puked. Well, that's from just marijuana. That's not, to- not from drinking, nothing else. It's like, here we go. Um... Just this minute, nine minutes ago, we got a tweet from uh, Rick Perry at Adam Gone Fishing who wrote, who wrote, who wrote, if I'm tripping, all food except fresh fruit seems completely disgusting. Did you guys have any foods you had particularly strong feelings about when high? Sorry, read the question again. I wasn't listening. (laughs) Rick Perry from Adam Gone Fishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N, fish fan. Uh, if I'm tripping, all food except fresh fruit seems completely disgusting. Did you guys have any foods you had particularly strong feelings about when high? Well, okay, but there's two different things here. There's like when high and when tripping. When tripping, I was never hungry. But I do have one eating story. I remember I was tripping. Well, two eating stories. One, I took a bunch of LSD, and there was, I remember thinking about, like, this was in high school, and I was in my bathroom, and I was thinking about the, the running back on our football team, and I'm like, oh, like... You know, he had a really nice ass. No, I was like, he's in <laughs> such good shape. Like, you know, he's like, he's, I gotta get in good shape, and I went down to the uh, my kitchen, and I drank all the milk and all the orange juice in the refrigerator, because I was like, milk and orange juice will make me strong. And yeah, it's a lot. Like, almost, you're supposed to not be able to drink a gallon of milk. I drank, like, three quarters of a gallon of milk and, like, a whole thing of orange juice. But tripping, I was never hungry. Although I do remember coming down from tripping, and being hungry but like still having the visuals but the head trip was gone 
and being like, oh, I'm so hungry. Like I want something to eat. And like, I went into the kitchen and I got like an apple. Like, so I got fruit, you know, just by coincidence. And it's not a coincidence. That's the only thing you can eat when you're tripping. He's right. Well, I, when I trip, I think I'm so smart, but I have these long chains of thought that don't make sense. And like, I can't cross the street. There's like some, I can't dial a phone number. It's just like really basic shit I can't do. I just get like lost on these threads of thinking. And I think I'm brilliant, but I'm just like a lunatic. And so anyways, I'm in the kitchen and like the next thing I like realize is like, I've been in the kitchen for like 25 minutes and I'm like, what am I doing? And I was like, oh, I'm hungry. And then I look at my hand and I have an apple. Like I can't, it's been in my hand for 25 minutes and I've just been standing at the kitchen just like, you know, staring at the microwave or something. When, uh, no, I, I, I totally understand what Rick's saying and what you're saying that I, tripping Food, it's just so disgusting, consuming something, eating oh, something. Dude, I shot heroin on mescaline, and I didn't even feel it. And I remember being like, what am I doing? When did we, when we were in like school. I like an did nothing. Huh? Did nothing. I mean, it literally felt nothing from shooting dope That's fascinating, because yeah. I'm sure there's papers about that, about the op- <laughs> where opiates start and uh, psychedelics end or psychedelics something. Psychedelics smashed everything for me, always. The only thing that could take down psychedelics was a high dose of an antipsychotic. That was like the only abort muscle. <laughs> like benzos, booze, it never touched it, you know what I mean? You are like truly unique. It's like the only the only drug that really worked with uh, psychedelics. It didn't even uh, work. It just turned it off. Antipsychotic. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really the, 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 the surefire stop. I used to shoot heroin when I was tripping. Nothing. I'm sure you could overdose on heroin while you were tripping. Yeah, I'm sure you could overdose. But if, and what's a good anti? Just for the dopination, just in case anyone's tripping, what's a good antipsychotic that someone could get their hands anyway, on? Anyway, but it has to be a higher dose. Like what? So like even so. You take 50, 100 milligrams. It's like for sleep and... Thorazine will put you down. No, but you take 400 milligrams of Seroquel, you're getting to like schizophrenic, like thought disorder dosages. So yeah, Thorazine, held all that shit will turn it off. High dose Cyprexa. And you don't think... High dose, even high dose Abilify or Gito will probably you know, turn it off. 15 milligrams of Xanax isn't going to do anything. That's a lot, maybe. Yeah. I think I just... Five, you know, we're talking about like seven t- bars. okay, okay. okay. When I was in New York and when I relapsed and my sister and my mom drove out here, picked me up and drove me to Boston to check into McLean's. I've told this story. I, I, chugged, you told I, I yes. chugged a pint of vodka. I took a couple hits of acid and two hits of really strong ecstasy. My, my, my parents showed up. My sister and mom showed up. I took six or eight uh, one milligram clonopins and on the way to Boston, I drank four 24 ounce tall boys. Nothing. Didn't even touch it. No, oh, that, that was... That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I was going to tell my, my humble tripping story, and now it just doesn't seem worth telling. Well, I want to hear it. When I was in college, me and a few friends ate an ounce of mushrooms. And uh, it was probably four of us. Or five. It, was, it, was, it was enough mushrooms to have a very, very intense trip. And um, But we were in college, and we were stupid. So we bought one of those trays of uh, Dunkin' Donuts donuts. You know, with you like mean the boxes, yeah, no trays, the boxes, a big box. Yeah, we used to get them every Sunday with like twenty four donuts in it. Yeah, and that's like Bostonian. That's like it's classic. And we're tripping, yeah. you know, and we go and and like tripping, and I eat a bunch of donuts, yeah, and like I get sick, but I'm just disgusted with myself, yeah. And the donut has taken on this quality. Just this disgusting <laughs> quality. The way it sits in my mouth, the way it looks, the way it feels. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
this is the most, and I'm eating, I'm like, and I'm tripping on mushrooms, I'm just like, and, and to this day, I won't eat donuts. I can't eat <laughs> what donuts. What do you think the worst donut is tripping? Like, if you could just guess. What's the most disgusting? Like a box jelly. Cream? No, jelly. jelly. What about a French Crella? Those things are pretty weird looking. It's like right. an alien donut. You'd think, <laughs> see, a Boston cream should be the most anti-psychedelic donut to consume because it's so gross. Yeah. It's got the cream. It's like, the, but but for me, it's my favorite donut. Oh, it's the great. one donut that, like, I still can eat. <laughs> Even with that old stuff. I feel like if I was tripping, it'd have to be, like, an old-fashioned. <laughs> it's the only thing that I could tolerate. Uh, you know what an old-fashioned is, right? Just like a just glaze. Like a, just, no, not even. It's oh, about just, the glaze. Yeah. It's I don't, like sucks. I don't like it's donuts. Like I don't fucking like donuts. And I, I like to blame it on the tripping, but I probably don't I don't like, like cupcakes. Cupcakes are bullshit. You're insane. I love cookies, brownies. Hold donuts on. are okay. You don't like cupcakes? I hate cupcakes. They're the biggest waste of time. How do you say that? I love certain types of cake. Okay. Let's just break down a cupcake for a second. Yeah. Well, we gotta call Laura. Just right? Laura can her. wait. This is way more important. <laughs> right. You love sweets. I love sweets. You love chocolate. I hate cupcakes. Do you like Do you like Boston cream donuts? Yeah. Because you like the cream. I don't like it all. So you're saying you didn't like Hostess cupcakes? What? With like the, the squiggly white thing on yeah, top and the cream? Okay, not great. You see, I had a dream when I was a young man. <laughs> I had a dream. That you could take the Hostess cupcake and reinvent it as some bourgeois, delicious, fucking perfect, moist cake. And the people that came the closest, the greatest mass-produced cupcake, and it... What? The Entenmann's cupcake. The I never en- had when I, Oh, my God. The Entenmann's cupcake, circa 15 years ago, yeah. was... Oh, my God. The fucking icing was half an inch thick with the most delicious dark chocolate. And, and it popped right off. So I would, this is what I would do. I would, I, would put, <laughs> I would put the icing aside. Yeah. And then you bite in. And that cream inside, it might be fresh cream. Yeah. So delicious. And then you eat it together. Oh, they stop making them? They don't make them as good. They still make them. The Antimid Cinnabons are great. You're fucking They're insane. pretty fucking good. What's your problem? What's so, your problem with cupcakes? Um, they just... I just... I don't like the cake part. The frosting is like, okay. Again, I gotta stop you. You said you like cake. Yeah. But you don't like a little bit of cake in the cupcake. Um, don't you find... This doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't want to do shtick. No, I like... I don't mo- understand. <laughs> I just don't get it. I, I like, like, a moist cake, you know? Uh-huh. There's no moist cupcakes. You get an they Entenmann's cupcake. They can't create... We should the stop the mini, show right they now. Can't, they can't create a mini cake-like thing. It just doesn't work. The outside's overcooked. It You're just, saying you need the volume of the whole cake Yes, it's like the Seinfeld muffins, the muffin tops. You can't create just a muffin top, just like you can't create a mini cake. It's the same principle here. But it, it's a principle, but it's not reality. You see, if Dopey was what I... And what want, happened? The homeless people in Seinfeld, they didn't eat the stumps. And you know what a cupcake is? It's the stump. It's the stump of a cake. It's the same It's a thing. television show, Chris. I don't care. It's based in reality. It, it, it's your idiot. Listen, just shut up. Listen. When Dopey can achieve its full potential, yeah. you and I 
will go. We'll purchase an Edmonds cupcake with our proceeds. <laughs> yes. No. Well, oh my God, I forgot to do the ad that they paid us. Yeah, for. we can still do. We gotta call. We're Laura supposed first. to start the show with it. No, we're doing it right now. We're not calling Laura. We're doing. No, it right wait. Now. I told her we're calling her right now. No, but it doesn't. They gave us fucking a lot of money. We're doing this unless Laura wants to All get right, us let's more. Let's do it. Let's do it. Just so you guys know, this episode is brought to you by Work at Clinic. Now open in California and Michigan. Get treatment from your living room. Work at Clinic provides online counseling, online evidence-based lessons that help you live without drugs, and medication-assisted treatment like Suboxin when needed. Suboxin? Yes. Suboxone. Yeah. <laughs> your Work at program can... You can't pronounce anything. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to say Suboxone? Okay, is it Suboxone? This is great. Continue. Suboxone or Suboxone? I like Suboxone. <laughs> I like saying that. If you're in your room and you're taking Suboxone... Methadone? With your methadone. <laughs> your work it program can be done together with the 12 steps or as a standalone solution. Get help at home. Visit workithealth.com backslash or maybe slash dopey now to sign in. That's work at health. W O R K I T H E A L T H dot com slash dopey to sign up or just to get more info. Again, that's work at health dot com slash dopey. And this is where Callie worked. This is Did from she come Callie. On? She came on, right? She came on. She came on. I, I highly advise you guys checking it out. I've perused some of their blog entries. It's good stuff. Now, I feel like I should read it again because they gave us so much money. We'll read it again in the next episode. Well, let's read it again at the end. We'll circle back one more Great. time. That's the kind of advertisers that we are. That's what we do. We go the extra mile. And, okay, with that, um, Dopey Nation, we're calling Laura. Um, I will do a little introduction once she's on the phone. Oh, hold on. Speaker. Hello? Laura. Hey, what's up? What's up? You're on the show. Oh, okay. I'm here with my buddy Hi. Dave. Hi, Laura. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I've heard some crazy stuff about you. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> what have you heard? Well, wait, wait. Before we get started, we haven't given you an introduction or anything like that. So um, I'm just going to say who you are. And if I say anything that I shouldn't say, you can tell me and we'll bleep it out later, okay? Okay. All right. So I met Laura a couple, I don't know, actually like six years ago or something like that. Um, we worked together yeah. in Brooklyn uh, for, for Sober Living, and um, I will say about Laura, Laura's uh, a very attractive young woman. She's a blonde, and she's super, super smart, and uh, so she started working at this place, and I remember what stood out to me about Laura was that she shot cocaine, because in my opinion, people that shoot cocaine tend to be the worst of the worst when it comes to addicts. And Laura told me that she used to take her Coke and load up several syringes, like four or five, and that way she could just have them while she was going about her day to just bang Coke here and there. And if you... That is true. And and I also will say Laura is uh, a licensed clinician, and um, she's, you know, turned her life around and done some amazing stuff. 
and you would not be able to pick her out of a crowd, yet she's this bottomed out junkie coke fiend. Laura, let me ask you something real quick. Were you, were you a heroin addict too? Was I what? Were you on heroin as well? Yeah, I was. I was. So when you preloaded, um, when you preloaded all the syringes, what was the the thinking? Well, I just I liked having all of them like immediately at my disposal, and I also I this I sounds like very kind of strange or maybe not so much, but I used to like to drive around and shoot coke. Mm-hmm. So if they were already like preloaded. I'd be kind of like at like a stoplight, stoplight or somewhere. I could just, you know, I could use really quickly. It was often like a problem though, because my like hand would start to like freeze up. I don't know if that's ever like happened. After yes. Used and like, you know, then driving was like a little bit problematic, but that was sort of my. So that's really thing. why. That's why you had them preloaded, is because you'd be getting in the car and you wouldn't want to be fucking around in the car figuring out how to load up the the coke needles. <laughs> Exactly. Or, okay. you know, and just, I also, my hands just in general, like, after I started shooting coke, would get so shaky, like, to the point where it was, like, sweat, like, my, they would be, like, dripping sweat, the bottom of my feet would be sweating, and, like, I just found, after, like, some time of using, that I was, like, not as good as load, at loading them, like, as I got higher and higher. I think that actually might have saved my life, because... I couldn't draw up and do another shot because they were so shaky, and I probably would have sometimes. <laughs> um, but I had the same thing too. I would, I when I was, I, if I shot coke when I was driving, if I was parked, as soon as I shot the coke, I would start driving because I felt like it was better because I could look out my rearview mirror and see if somebody was coming and have a chance to like throw things aside. It was much. It, it calmed yeah. my nerves to be moving. I, I understand. I mean, one of the, like, towards the end of one of my, I guess, I've had a lot of, I think, like Chris, my, my use has kind of been quite episodic, where I've been to probably actually even more treatment centers than, than Chris has been to, and <laughs> I would often, like, have these really big binge periods, and on one of my last binges, I was driving around shooting cocaine, and I got three car accidents in one day. So that was like sort of the end of of something, and then I stopped for a while, and then relapsed. <laughs> the third then. accident. <laughs> the third accident was the wake up call. <laughs> it, it was part of it. I mean, it's been you know. I think my my use has been like I've had periods of sobriety, and then I've had like these binges where I start you know shooting coke or you know shooting dope and. And then things will just get so bad so quickly where I will, like, need some kind of intervention. And, like, most recently, someone else who was your guest on the show, I actually was in treatment with. I don't know if he told you that. Yeah, you can throw his name out there. I think it's his first name. Jason. The gay, even gayer than the gayest dopey ever, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Laura, I'm way intrigued by this this thing. You get into the first car accident. And, and right. does, does, do you fill out a report? Like, does a cop come? No. Do you just do a so hit and run? I, I will, I'll tell you. So I was in North Philly, and I was driving. I had just, um, I had just picked up, and I had, you know, I shot coke. And I also, I was shooting coke and dope at the time, but I liked to shoot coke, like, in the beginning for a while, and just, like, straight coke, and then 
later, like, start, you know, speedballing. So I was just shooting coke, and I started to get in the car to drive away, and I was looking at, like, the light in front of me, not, like, the one, like, two in front of me, so I didn't stop, and I ran right into this guy, um, like, she had this, like, little, like, white car, and fortunately, he didn't have car insurance, so he didn't want to call the cops either, so I just wrote him, like, a check. So you pull out the checkbook, you write the check, and you're like, do-do-do-do-do, and you shoot at the next shot, and you start driving again. And then what's the second accident? So the second one was I was driving to my friend's house, <laughs> and like it was on all these like windy roads, and I hit a tree, and I knocked off my... And it was actually my mom's like brand new car, and I knocked off her side view mirror. Did you write a check to the tree? <laughs> Sorry, that's stupid. No, I just, I just kept going. So then, okay, so you, smash, you you write the check for the first guy, you bust the mirror on the tree, and then you get back in the car, and you're like, do-do-do-do-do. Are you listening to music? Are you listening to the radio? Like, what was it like? Um, I actually was listening to, um, to Howard on, on Sirius. Okay. Sirius. So, but I was like fucking with the channel a lot, and that's actually kind of sort of what instigated the third accident, where I just like I guess it wasn't so much an accident, but where I like drove over a curb and hit um, like a street sign, but then like it didn't look that bad, but it sucked up like the axle or the alignment on the car or something. So. Um, so, that the third so, the, so the third accident, you you just run over something and you hit a street sign, and then you're like, "Fuck it, I probably shouldn't be driving." At that point, well, no, then I then I went home to my mother's house, and she clearly knew I was not like well at the time, but I was clearly not in the best frame of mind. So I went upstairs to my room. And she, and this was like, this got pretty dark and awful, but she literally walked in, like, while I had, like, the syringe in my arm. Ooh, that's mm. bad. Yeah. So, yeah. What did she do? Did she, times, did she scream, or what'd she do? What'd she do? You know, this was, this was, again, like, she, this wasn't, like, the first time that this had happened, and so it was more of just, like, start just like you know like what the fuck like I you know you're such a loser like I can't believe you're still doing this and like I just had that like you know it was like literally in that one second that she came in so I like you know like vision was kind of like weird and the, my hearing was like coming in and out and I just like it took me like 30 seconds to kind of realize what was happening so you did a bell ringer and while it was going your mom was <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Lord, give us like a, if you don't mind, why don't you give us like a five to ten minute just like overview of your life. Tell a story, you know, how you got into recovery. I'll just let you run with it if you're cool with that. Or we can pull stuff out of you. Um, I guess I couldn't start, but feel free to like intervene or cut me off if you like have a question or if I'm going in a direction that isn't, isn't helpful. Okay. Um. Well, I, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, like very, you know, youngest of two older siblings. Uh, my parents were married. They were like, you know, kind of, you know, upper class, upper middle class um, suburbia. And 
you know, my siblings are like the epitome of like normal. Like they both went to like big ten schools, married their college like sweethearts. They both have three kids, living. You know, they're all like successful, and I was just like always a little off I guess <laughs> and you know I started just like drinking and using in high school but I was also a good student and like a pretty good athlete and so I managed to kind of keep it together but when I I guess when I really knew things were problematic is when I started to use Adderall senior in high school and I like had a full-blown like psychotic episode after using for like two and a half weeks straight um and because I didn't know, like, I didn't really understand, like, what Adderall was. I just, like, was like, oh, it'll make me skinny and, like, give me energy. Mm-hmm. So I would just take, like, tons of it and wasn't sleeping and wasn't eating. And, and I, like, I honestly feel like that, that like, instance changed, like, my brain chemistry forever. And then, yeah. like, fucked me up. Yeah. And so then, yeah, then after that, like, I escalated to, to Coke and, you know, I went to, um, I went to college and then, like, left. I was actually just looking over one of my transcripts from college, and I was at uh, a school in Boston for, like, three semesters, and I literally have one credit from going to school for, like, <laughs> a year. Like, one credit. It's not, it's like a, it's not even uh, not even a whole class. Like, I don't understand how it happened. I don't even know how many for the one credit. But... Yeah, I don't even, it's like, uh, it's, like, hard, actually. Even if you tried, it's, like, hard to get one actual credit. Yeah, I think that was, like, I got a lab pass through, like, when I transferred, because then I actually went going to a really good school, and, you know, it took me, like, six years to finish, but I, you know, I, so I guess just, I also went to a lot of, like, treatment centers in between, so, like, through the years of my youth progressed from, you know, cocaine to shooting heroin to shooting cocaine, um, I just really was not able to kind of lead a a life and were you were you using something. during your undergrad like experience I was I yeah. was often so I finished school I went to um, a school in Philadelphia and at one point I was living at home with my parents and I would drive in every morning like through North Philadelphia and I would cop in North Philly and then drive to West Philly to where I was going to school. I hope this doesn't narrow it down too much, but uh, it's one of the, the best schools in the country, too. So that's just kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can bleep that so, out if you want. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. I yeah. mean, I think it's... Um, you know, and I... What's the difference if you said where she went to school? Because people are too dumb to... They're not going to look it up. No, but you... See, Chris has this crazy thing about, like... Chris has said so many things about his life, but he won't say the name of the college he I don't went say to. college. I don't say where I go now. I don't say... You've said where you go now, too. No, I don't. You I've don't? never said it. I'm very... I would never say it, because I don't want to get back to... You know what he said, though, earlier on this show, Laura? He talked about oh. him and his girlfriend having to uh, trigger the asshole of their dog by lubricating the asshole with their finger. Just so, just so you know the kind of episode you're on. They, they anally raped their dog. You know, and, they, and they did it. To do it, they both got... They, they, they stripped down to their underpants and got in the shower and started fucking anally raping their dog. Just so it you know. all slightly out of context, but let's just go back to I'm Laura. I'm sorry. I'm just let's wanting her to know. I want her to know what she's in here. This is her episode in the anal dog rape episode. Just so we're clear. 
right. So, okay. I, I am clear. Okay. All right. So you, you graduate from undergrad. What happens? Um, but, like, all through that time, like, I had gone to, um, and I don't mind saying where I went to treatment. Like, I went to Sober Living by the Sea several times. I actually went to Passages Bowville. Like, you know, that one that's like, we'll cure you. Like, yep, Pax yeah, Prentice. No. Yeah, they 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 give you a money back guarantee over there. <laughs> no, they did not give me a money back. No, the Cliffside said that. The guy from Cliffside said he guarantees your recovery. He never said money back, but it, it's the one everybody knows. There's so many memes. The commercial. One. There's so many memes about yeah. passages. Yeah. So and I just you know and also like often I think another thing in common with Chris, I was someone who would go to treatment. And I would leave treatment, and then I would sort of be on this thing, on like the run for, you know, like a week, couple weeks at a time, where I'd either be like living in motels or with like random people. Um, yeah. I was actually just thinking the other night when I was in, I was in Santa Ana, and I met this like, I don't know, I think he looked really old, this like very old Vietnam vet, and we were just hanging out at his house in Santa Ana for a few days just like smoking crack and um and then and shooting dope but it was actually one of the like the more pleasant experiences I've ever had <laughs> but I look back on that and I just like there was just like an, a, a complete like disregard for my safety that I think I was experienced in my 20s that like now in my 30s, like, I can't really imagine putting myself in those situations. Yeah, I did the, I mean, I did the same exact thing throughout Southern California, and I did, I did, you know, the same thing in Santana and stuff, and, like, as a, as a man, I think about my own safety and how it was jeopardized, and I couldn't envision what it would be like for, like, a woman, so I think you're really, really lucky something incredibly bad didn't happen. (laughs) Well, that's that's also the nature. Yeah. It's the nature of the show, though. I was talking to this dude today who was talking about the show, and he was saying like he would find himself at a breakfast table, sitting across from one dude smoking crack and the other dude shooting dope, and it's like it was normal in that moment. And it's like that's you know, yeah, where we're you know talking yeah. about. Yeah. So it was. Um, so I had like a lot of those experiences, and um, and you know, and. I guess depending on, like, the way that I tell the story, that can either be, like, really, really funny or really dark. But, you know, looking back now, it is kind of amazing that um, I am sort of completely healthy and fine. And, um, yeah, you can sort of just look back and yeah. look at those times. And I'm glad it's not it's not where I am today. Yeah. Where are you today? So today, I live in New York City. Um, I am... So I don't know. I think I might have missed... I don't know what you said exactly in the beginning when you introduced me, but Chris, I also I don't know if I told you that I got divorced. Did I tell you that? I, uh, I knew you were probably at least separated. Because when we met, I remember you were um, dating the FBI guy. And I yeah, was like, wow. Yeah, I was like, and, and that's who you ended up marrying? Or no, you engaged him. Yeah. Engaged, yeah. Yeah, so we got married, and, you know, and, and I was sober and, and clean for, like, a, for, you know, maybe a couple of years. And then I had started shooting um, 
dope again, like secretly. And, you know, and, and that, I kind of went on for, off and on for a couple of years. But, but now I am living in New York. I live with my boyfriend. I am a clinical social worker. I work for a nonprofit. And, you know, I am clean and sober now, but mm-hmm. I definitely still struggle. I mean, my most, like, I think recent use was in um, August. Mm-hmm. What was that? And, um, it was heroin. And how how, how yeah. long how long you'd been clean before you did the dope? Well, not that long because I had, so I got out of treatment in March of 2017, and then maybe like a a month or so after that, I had like two binge episodes of um, shooting cocaine that were not that that were kind of a mess, and. But yeah, but then since, so I had like two episodes and then I had used heroin in, in August and then since then I've been, you know, completely abstinent. Do you think the federal government knows about your use? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they really care, to okay. be quite honest. At least not where, you know, my ex-husband was a, worked in counterterrorism, yeah. so it wasn't really like, you know drug use wasn't really Laura can I ask a more relevant question please (laughs) what do you what do you think what's working now that wasn't working then like what 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 do you what keeps it together now or do you how do you feel you know like what's up I feel I feel good I mean I think I am like living a life that's like completely honest right uh I am in a relationship with um my boyfriend who I love more than anything and he's like a huge part of my life and um, and he is someone he's also uh, he's been sober for, for many many years so being with someone who like immediately can identify like when I'm struggling it's helpful for me um, and and I just I think not having any like lies and I think for so long through my you know, because I was in treatment for so long, I would, you know, project this image of being okay even when I was still using. So, because I also used to believe, like, okay, well, nobody else knows I'm using. Like, it's not really happening. Right. I, I really enjoy using alone. I really enjoy, like, using and going about, like, my daily life. Like, you know, I was even at one point, like, working as a at an outpatient rehab while I was doing, you know, shooting dope and shooting coke. And I, like, that, like, I liked that kind of feeling of like, okay, well, I'm working, I'm have like a normal life, and I'm using, so everything must be okay. But that obviously does not last, and that kind of dishonesty just perpetuated more dishonesty and kind of isolating even more, and just kind of lying to to everybody. The beginning of the double life is the thrill. The beginning of it, yeah. when when you kind of get away with it. It's like amazing. And you, you think every you think, Oh my god I mean I remember when I would do that and I'd be like, Oh my god, this is really working out. Yeah. You know, and I'm getting high. Yeah. You know, it's like and then it starts to not work out so much. It's it's amazing to right. hear and, and then I just also feel like as I get older, 
like the fact that like nobody like less and less people in my life like give a shit like they I'm really the one who's suffering you know because they will all just pull away from me like they won't yeah when you're when you're 22 and fucking up it's a different story than when you're 32 and certainly when you're 42 damn straight yeah you go to meetings right i don't that's something i've always struggled with like i i never felt like a connection to 12 step and not even like the ideology of it but i've you know, just socially, I never really, I, I just never connected. And I, like, went to meetings in New York. I went to meetings in L.A. Like, I, I don't, I don't really know why I, I just never really found any kind of solace um, in it. I mean, I find much more solace just, like, doing my own, like, routines. Like, I'm, I'm a big runner. I, like, do a lot of, um, I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> I just feel like I found my own routine that kind of works, and it's, you know, it's definitely challenging. But And I'm also on Suboxone. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's not broken, you don't have to fix it, you know, if it's working. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's strange to be also, like, in the helping profession. And it's, and it's not that I'm against AA or anti it. I think it's, you know, it's a, a wonderful resource, and I like encourage anyone and everyone to, to go but I also think if you know it doesn't feel like authentic or, or helpful like to then explore other options is just as can be just as meaningful yeah, we, we had on the, the episode before you we had one of Dave's friends from rehab from renaissance which I'm sure you've heard of and mm-hmm. he, he's a psychologist and he's sober 12 years and he felt the same exact way as you as he you know, just the twelve step stuff never resonated with him, and he always felt sort of shamed and stuff like that. And uh, he just hated being at meetings. He hated yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, he hated being. He hated yeah. a higher power being imposed on him or him like faking it. Yeah, like he was. He he hated all that stuff. I have a weird question. Um, sure. Uh, did you ever get high with any other like uh, clinicians? Or people who worked in treatment, like, did the two of you, like, leave group and then go shoot dope? <laughs> like, did that ever happen? That didn't happen, but when I was, like, 19 and so early by the sea, I would, would, um, I was using, or I used meth with one of the, like, resident aides. Like, he was the guy that, like, drove, like, the bus. So we would, like, go to, like, bowling and he would take us, like, out and... I would use with him. So. Which I think is pretty common. I bet, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm just wondering when, like, two therapists who are relapsing at the same time, like, they're running, like, some kind of relapse prevention group, and they leave the group, and they're like, let's go cop. There was some article about that, two Ladex, two licensed alcohol and drug counselors, they overdosed, or one of them overdosed and stuff. There was an article. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, Chris, you and I, unbeknownst to each other, while we were working <laughs> at the Silver Living, both of us were using, and yeah. I think even both of us had stolen medication out of the, yeah. uh, the file cabinet. Yes, we were both getting high. But you were separately. both living the double life separately. <laughs> the double life. 
Oh my god! I wish we could. Honestly, Laura, we gotta have you back on because I wanted to just you to like give like an overarching, you know, kind of part of your story. But there's so much in there. There's so many little things we could dig into because I know some of your story, and I know just enough to know that there is just like mountains of stuff in there that I'd love to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of really funny, interesting things. And I'll just tell you really quickly, when we were working at the Sober Living, and I, I think I ran this by you, and I don't know if you remember that guy, but there was this really kind of like flamboyant character there who had been in and out for a while in and out of like Joe's place, and he was uh, did a lot of crystal mass. And we, he came in, and I knew he was using, and we called him into like the little office, and while he was in the little office, I went and snuck into his room, and I found his mess in his sunglass case, and I, like, took half of it, and then brought the other half into the meeting, and I was like, we have to get rid of this. And then we flushed that down the toilet, but then I had the other half in my pocket. That's classic. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. That is, that's, it's, it's every junkie's fantasy. I will, I, I, without saying any identifying stuff, I will tell this person she was talking about was supposed to do four years in prison and was on his way from county jail being escorted to prison and supposedly he was giving somebody head in the back of like the, the prison van. Right, right. And the van right. the, the van got hit by a, another county vehicle, right? And he right. ended up in a ditch, broke his back. They ended up commuting his sentence, wiping his sentence and giving him four million dollars. Yeah, he got like this huge settlement for for that, and that's what was like continuing to perpetuate his his views. Yeah, and he was the sweetest, nicest guy ever. I, I'm surprised if he's still alive. And Laura stole Great his meth. And Laura stole his meth. In treatment. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he that was you know an interesting an interesting time. Yeah. But I, I think you know I was also something like I wanted to sort of just mention. So I have a friend of mine who is actually facing uh, like a minimum or a minimum sentence of potentially 20 years to life in prison because he and his friend um, were using fentanyl together and the friend wound up dying. Mm. And because he like, even though there's evidence of them like figuring out how to get it together and they both paid for it because he physically had it in his possession he's being charged with like uh, a, like a felony of giving someone you know a drug that then caused their death like manslaughter it's just like, no it's, it's like it's like the like sole separate like thing it's not manslaughter it's like some crazy crazy charge that and also just the way that things are right now and like the administration like he's just being scapegoated and he is just like a random, he's just like a good kid. Like, he was in medical school. He, like, they, they had known each other since they were like five years old. They were families, were like best friends. And, you know, now he's like sitting in, um, in jail or in prison, actually. So, what can we do or the Dopey Nation do to help? Anything? I mean, I, I think that, I guess it will depend. I mean, I know. I know we're sort of anonymous, but I know that his court case is in March in in New York. And what they try to do now is, like, they really want to kind of humanize the person who has the case. So, like, they're creating, like, this whole, like, video about him and about his 
like his uh, family and his community and his friends and a bunch of people are going to his um, trial on March 21st and it's in the city so like I'm just kind of trying to corral like as many people to go and support him and show that you know this isn't just some high level like drug dealer that this is a like someone who is an addict and like it could have been anyone in that situation right um, you know he's like being charged as like very high level drug dealer alright well if Dave and I are around maybe we could go and any uh, dopey nation if you want us to promote it we can promote the event when it comes up just think about it ask the people involved if they want us to promote it and we'll promote it they do I know that they do because I had actually talked to them so when it gets like closer I'll let you you guys know okay okay Um, Laura, we're way over, but I was thinking, you know, let's have you back on. And if you want, maybe you could come in person sometime because it's a whole different sort of dynamic if you're here. Yeah, I, I wanted to come in person. I feel like I would just I would do so much better in person. You did great. Yeah. It was awesome. How about uh, in the <laughs> next time we record here? So in the next two months at some point. Yes, I would love to. And I'd like to see you, Chris, though. Yes, yes, likewise. Did you ever, you know, I left a note at the outpatient you worked at for you once. Did you ever get that? No. Yeah, I was there. It was like way after you left the loft. I wasn't even working there anymore. I was in the city and I had to go there for some reason. And I asked if you worked there. They said yes. And I left a handwritten note for you, but they must have never given it to you. Hmm. Oh my god, that would have been so yeah. nice, but no, I never got it. Maybe you got it, but you were just high. <laughs> that, that could, that's definitely <laughs> a possibility. It's uh, a possibility. Uh, all right, Laura, well, thank you for calling in, and let's have you back in person. Yeah, we would love to have you back of on. Of yeah. Thank you. All right, thanks so much. All right, good night. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Awesome. I know, there's so much, her story is nuts. It's so crazy, just like... Uh, Something that we never talk about or we rarely talk about, it's like the opiate epidemic in terms of fentanyl, like, that everybody just dies from it. It's like... That's it. It's just, we're just so lucky we missed it, you know? I always say that, but it's true. Yeah, but it's like, that's because you have an actually clean and sober head. It's like, if you didn't have a clean and sober I, head... I, no, I'm saying we're lucky we missed it because if we, I was active, I would have sought out the fentanyl. Of course, I I know. Yeah. But, and I think that, like, I think Artie Lang recently tweeted, like, any junkie wants the fentanyl. Any junkie wants to survive the fentanyl. Any junkie wants to get that feeling from the fentanyl. And I'm still curious about, like, dealers who maybe market their heroin as fentanyl because it should be stronger. You know, they've got some garbage shit. And they're like, I got the fent. Well, you heard, um,. You heard about in Baltimore, hot bags. You ever heard that? No. They say letting a hot bag through. And this is pre-fentanyl. They used hey, to, the hot shots. A hot, yeah, they used to intentionally put poison in a bag, and they would give it to some low-level junkie that was well-known, you know, to be a certain brand, and he'd die. And everyone and wants everybody that wants that bag. Yeah. yeah. But they with just murder something. But fentanyl, it seems... It does that on its own. It does that on its own, and it's super strong, and I bet you it's like... There's a badge of courage to the guy who didn't die, and everybody else is I dead. I always thought I would just never die. I, from dope, I would just do... Even I remember shooting dope once, 
and getting up, and I wasn't even, like, I didn't catch, there was, like, when I was using steadily, I never caught nods. It wasn't like that. It's just like I shot dope four or five times a day, and even if I shot a lot, it didn't, I never was on a nod, ever, you know? I wasn't taking benzos, so that's, like, a little bit different. I remember shooting a bunch of dope ones and just, like, falling on my face, and it was just, like, if I did, if the fentanyl was around, there's no question I would have died, you know? Can I, just, I believe there's no way it could happen. I'm sure there's a shitload of people who use every day, and and they use fentanyl every day, and they don't die. I'm just saying it's like Russian roulette. Oh, of course, yeah. It's just you don't know, and um, and I, I used to use a ton of dope with you know crazy big black shots, and um, and I'd nod or I wouldn't nod, and I would. Not and then I'd get pills to make sure I would nod because yeah. what's the point? Yeah, you know it's just it's the way this thing goes. And and dopey, you know, it's a very weird thing because it's like I was thinking about my dad was on this episode and I was yeah. like making fun of him yeah. for like feeling sad. Yeah, he you was know? sad. Yeah. You can see the pain on his face. Yeah, I know because it. my life is very good and yeah. I'm very grateful that my life is really good. Yeah, and uh, and I love uh, our show, but it's like when you take back the comedy. Yeah. You get to some horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. And, like, it's easy to forget it in all of the hoopla. Yeah. <laughs> in all of the fun hoopla of yeah. Dopey. So, Laura was a great guest. It's awesome. a great reminder. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, drop us a review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Reddit. Follow us on... Uh, big, else? big shout-out. Instagram. Big shout-out to Cormac for that amazing Reddit. Big up to Cormac. And we're going to play... We're going to do this, Okay. At the end of this episode, at the end of this thing, we're going to play his new song, right now. Restless. Okay, Restless. We're closing out with Cormac's song, And one other thing. Restless. One other thing. Dopey Nation, we recently, as in today, hit 300 reviews. Thanks awesome. to you guys. Thank you, guys. So thank you, number one. We also recently cracked 400,000 total downloads. We also just had our two-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, Happy Chris. Happy anniversary. Thank you. But more than that. We have 300 reviews and 400,000 downloads. What that tells me is that there's 300, 900, what are you saying? 390,900 people who haven't written a review. No, your logic is so flawed. So maybe 100,000 people. You have to take our total downloads and divide, divide it by 120 episodes. Okay, so what do you get? And then assume there's glitches because people repeat. Right. So we're saying, so let's say 3,000. And then you also have to, to figure in how many people are listening with iTunes or the Apple Podcast app because those are the only people who can leave reviews. So figure out that math and get back to me. Okay, I'm going to say <laughs> there's 1,200 people easily. So you're just throwing out a number. Yeah. I'm going to say there's easily. You disagree? You don't think there's easily 1,200 people that yeah. could leave a review right now? For sure. Be one of the 1,200. Yeah. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. And Toodles, last thing, check out Work at Health. Check out Work at Health. They do all sorts of good stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna circle back here. We want to. We got our next call in. We got. We, we got lots of stuff to do. But Work at Health is the founder of our feast and Parmigiana, which I miss. But Work at Health, we're gonna, we're gonna go to Work at Health. And work at health, blah, 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 blah. I lost the thing. Work at health, one more time, just because to get their money's worth. Mm-hmm. To get our money's worth. 
uh, this episode was brought to you by and the it's word- not just about the money. We got paid, but we actually respect what they're doing. It's about the money. This <laughs> episode is brought to you by Work It. It's not about the money. It's about all the good work <laughs> that you guys are doing and in. Work It Help. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Work It Clinic, now open in California and Michigan. Get treatment from your living room. Work It Clinic provides online counseling, online evidence-based lessons that help you live without drugs and medication-assisted treatment like Suboxone when needed. Your Work It program can be done together with the 12 steps or as a standalone solution. Get help at home. Visit workithealth.com slash dopey now to sign up or just to get more info. That is workithealth.com slash dopey. Check out Work It Health because they're so good to us, so be good to them. And stay strong. And toodles.
vision small Am I even breathing? No floor, no body, no bed Broke my fall In the garden Can't recall what she said time I told you I was gonna tell you about the day I planned to write you a note apologizing for forgetting to mention that writing and planning and telling of telling are all getting in the way of the pumping of blood there in the way of the wooden desk the one lamp and it's too hot and someone else is in 